Get ready for a week-long celebration of music, community and fabulous fun with Joy Radiothon 2024. Joy has the largest collection of rainbow podcast content in the world and you can help keep us out loud and proud by donating during Joy Radiothon 2024. Just go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. Mark it in your calendars because Joy Radiothon returns June 1st to 7th and remember, we all flourish with joy. Taking a look at the issues surrounding the health and well-being of our LGBTIQ communities, this is Well, 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 brought to you every week by Thorn Harbour Health. You are listening to Well, Well, Well here on Joy 94.9 and the Community Radio Network, where each and every week, myself, Jacinta, and the other hosts of the program discuss the sexual health, mental health, and general health and well-being of our LGBTI communities, broadcasting from the Victorian Pride Centre Studios on Boonwurrung Country. Jacinta, how are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you doing, Michael? I'm doing fabulously, and I am very excited to... uh, discuss and dissect this week's topic and we've got a fabulous guest lined up to help us do that we do we have tony fretton who is from pacific x very well known community member and we'll be chatting about everyday people which is an exciting new project that's coming up michael indeed we'll be discussing and dissecting and hopefully destigmatizing mental health amongst our particularly our multicultural lgbti Q plus communities, but also just discussing how uh, our mental health is important and how uh, having those discussions and sharing personal stories can help normalize that within our community and an exciting way for our community to participate in the Everyday People Project will be coming up. That's all here on Well, Well, Well on Joy 94.9 and the Community Radio Network. Stay tuned. You are with Michael and Jacinta here on Well, Well, Well on Joy 94.9 and the Community Radio Network. We are chatting with uh, Tony Fretton. Tony, welcome back to Well, Well, Well. How are you going today? Really, really well. And thank you. It's great to be back at Well, Well, Well. I I love everything you guys do and really appreciate it for the time. We appreciate you joining us. Um, so we did have you on um, a little while ago um, to chat about a project you were running, which we'll get into it just a little bit. But can you tell us a little bit about yourself personally and I guess the role you play in our queer Pacifica communities? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so my name is Tony Fetton, he, him, uh, of Sam One and Tongan Descent. And I'm the founder of Pacific X, which is a Pacific Island LGBTQIA plus uh, advocacy and social uh, organization here in Nam in Melbourne. And we've been around for about close to about five to six years now. And a lot of our focus has been really around um, advocacy and uh, I guess representation of Pacific Island people, not only in queer spaces, but uh, in, in, within our own Pacific Island communities and the different organizations that we're part of. And um, having, being that little, being that voice of our little community within the larger community and uh, it's an absolute joy and it just feels like you know I'm working with family and I enjoy the world that I play. Amazing and yeah we did have you on just a little while ago on to Well 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 we were talking about obviously the work that Pacific X does in supporting queer Pacifica folk um, but also the the PX Fano podcast which I believe has uh, wrapped up I think you had about 15-16 episodes is that right? Yes, absolutely. So we had that podcast, which was funded through the Department of Health, and it was really around how our communities were dealing uh, during COVID and the COVID time. And we've now moved, because of that 
support and because of that uh, experience, I guess, each of the presenters uh, gained, uh, we're now um, on a fully fully functioning radio program that runs every week. Uh, so we're really grateful for that uh, opportunity and grateful for our stories to be told. That's so exciting to hear that it's still happening. And <laughs> we were lucky enough to have you join the panel discussion No Pride in Racism as part of Midsummer this year to share personal stories of racism and sexualized racism in our communities. Tony, can you share a, a, just a little bit about your experience on that panel and your takeaways from the evening? Yeah, it was a great panel, and I think, uh, you know, I thank Thorn Harbour House and Midsummer for putting that together for us, and the, the beautiful uh, Victoria Pride Centre. It was the first time I've actually been in that venue. Um, no, my great, the, the, having a room full of uh, just peers, and I guess when you're looking at people of colour or just people of multicultural background, being able to just speak about their different experiences was really great for me. I mean, sometimes when you are in uh, your own little bubble, you have your own little group of, um, I guess, you sort of stick to your culture and your friends are normally from the same background as you and that sort of thing. Um, we were able to share stories about uh, just just day-to-day things. I don't want to, uh, my, me personally, was able to talk around uh, our experiences on, uh, I guess, dating apps and, and what that looked like and the different type forms of racism that we found um, navigating those type of spaces. And for me, I I was really embarrassed because, I mean, we have a term Polynesian, Melanesian and Micronesian. And I remember just sharing a story about how I was so confused. I put myself as uh, poly and not knowing that it actually meant polyamory. And I was like, oh, oh, oh my God, it's just, it was a cultural thing for me. Like, okay. Yeah. And I remember just sharing, like I got so many messages from couples that I was like, this is strange. And then I realized, oh, no, sorry, it's polyamory, not Polynesian. Um, but yeah, you know, it's really <laughs> great to hear different, you know, different stories like that as well from the other panelists who uh, shared, I guess, heartfelt stories. And for, for me, listening to those heartfelt stories was almost like a validation. Okay, cool, we're not alone. Uh, everyone's going through their own different challenges and barriers uh, in facing racism, but it also was a great way to celebrate the progress that we've made in terms of racism. A lot of the stories that were shown were from past experiences a couple of years or two years ago, um, but also being able to look at, okay, where are the gaps and how can we improve and how can we, how can we as a multicultural community look for ways to, to, to stay resilient, but um, also be hopeful for the future. So it was a really, really great panel and I I, I, a big shout out to all the other panelists on, on that, that uh, shared the stage with me. Um, I, walked, I, I walked away and I, I still think about some of the stories that they told to this day. And uh, so great that that was your first experience at our one and only Victorian Pride Centre, uh, a, a space yes. that Jacinta and I are very thankful to be able to be in all the time when pre- producing this program for, for Joy. Um, yeah, so so glad that you had a, a really formative, positive experience in that um, space. That we're very, we're very lucky to have such a, a space. Sexual health, health uh, mental health, and the I overall to, well-being um, of our just, LGBTIQ uh, communities. You're listening to Well, Well, Well. Where we have an exciting new project that we're undertaking over the course of the next 12 months or so, sharing... Uh, everyday stories about everyday people in our community really aimed at dismantling the stigma associated with mental health where that might be accessing mental health services or um, you know going through a a diagnosis of a a mental condition or just um, thinking about you know complex traumas that are associated with our community I wanted to ask um, Tony for our queer Pacifica communities what does mental health 
look like in you know in the diaspora of of pacific communities does it form you know a good a part of good overall health and well-being yeah absolutely it's really important and i think when we look at one of the main reasons why pacific s and other uh pacific lgbt uh, organizations form it really is it really does come down to um addressing mental health and uh mainly through uh, the social connection part of it. And I think that's what really, uh, um, the, these type of communities or these type of projects, uh, just in general for multicultural communities are important because of that aspect. And I think one of the biggest, uh, or things that we look forward to or the things that we know that we're doing well is that these having queer communities or multicultural communities have their spaces in order to be able to share their stories and to be able to seek for seek help from a peer um, as for, for us has been the only uh, outlet or the, the first point of contact that we have to even just speak about mental health or uh, share a, a story that's happened that, that affects us uh, you know, mentally and, and, uh, and, and contributes towards our mental health. In particular, for us, it's navigating around uh, more around gender, like sexuality. I think we've got to a point in our Pacific Pacifica communities where there is there's been some great education along the way, and we say that because we've had really great uh, Pacifica queer organisations in the past do a lot of the work around sexuality, um, but it's really now around how do we navigate the spaces or advocate for support around our queer communities that are, that are looking at the aspects of the gender and, we, and in our transgender community and our non-binary community, which when we, we don't have a language for it, we don't really have language in Pacific languages around, um, around transitioning or, 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 or languages around um, just terminology around mental health. And so we get really, we get really lost in, uh, how do we verbally uh, express that we've got mental health issues? But not only that, we're part of the bigger uh, picture of mental health, um, seeking mental health support in terms of um, uh, mental health specialists, not only in Nam but across Australia, um, having that cultural sensitivity around just many other different cultures. And we're part of a large, larger discu discussion with the Ethnic Communities Council um, of Victoria, the ECCV, around how is language important and how is training for mental health specialists um, are done or encouraged within our communities so that we have more mental health specialists from different backgrounds and from Pacifica communities stepping up and being able to, to be that bridge um, or to address that gap. And so there, there's a very, very long way to go. And I think what we really want to do uh, essentially is how can we empower more of our queer Pacifica community to become those mental health specialists and to be that support system. And in the meantime, how can we equip ourselves with the correct information so that the information we are sharing with each other is relevant, is correct, and is um, is is a, is a positive um, uh, sharing aspect so that people don't fall into these gaps of I'm getting the wrong information or I'm get I, I can't find help from this area or this area or that, or that sort of thing. And um, look, as a community person, we see mental health and the barriers it creates every single day. And our rates of um, people who take their own lives um, is, is a very, very concerning number and something that we want to focus on um, as a core uh, result of uh, mental health not being addressed 
um, properly. And so we hope not to fall through the gaps, but um, we hope to work more on that because it, it very is much, very, very, very important. Yeah, you bring up so many really important points there, Tony. I think um, there's just such a significance to having the space for people to share their stories and to connect mm-hmm. with their peers. Um, as you said, I I wanted to ask about, um, especially kind of focusing on the importance of sharing individual stories and mm-hmm. connecting to community and especially for queer ethnic communities. Do you think that having a platform to basically hold those stories will mean that more people can connect with those community members and to be able to reach out and know that there's other people out there who are also queer? Absolutely. And I think, um, well, there's this sort of push, and I think this is a general consensus. I mean, we have general Talanoa or our uh, community meetings where where we're sitting and we're sharing heart to heart. Some of the reasons why we know that stories are not, or or sharing stories is important is, well, not just the storytelling, but it's really around the narrative of the stories. It really, we've heard a lot of trauma stories. We've heard a lot of, um, okay, these are the things that's happened to me and happened to me and these sort of things. And um, our younger catchment, our cohort, they're not, they, they switch off. And so I think for us, yes, sharing stories is important, but it really is how do we, I guess, train people who are speaking to really speak and tell their stories in a way that has tangible strategies in place. So it's like, okay, I'm going to tell my story. This is how I'm going to tell it. But this is a, we, we want you to tell a story with key takeaways. And what can I do? What, 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 what did I learn? And how could I, how could I say that? What, what sort of tools or what sort of, um, you know, self strategies that they put in place, um, to, to, to really help the, the listener, especially when we are telling our stories. So we have been telling stories. We've been telling stories for, for so long, I mean, for decades. And the stories have normally been around, um, around the, 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 the trauma or the bad thing that's happened. But what we really want now is we want stories told. We need these stories told. Um, but we also need some actions around it so that um, the stories actually have a point and, and it has an action and a, 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 an actual takeaway from the person listening and not just to further, you know, be a doom and gloom because when our young people are listening to it, they're like, oh, is this the future I'm going to look forward to? No, there's actually some really great things that our Fafafina our, our and our trans community have done and uh, what it does mean to stay connected and what it does mean to, 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 to find knowledge and find connections and share the proper information and how that really does empower our mental health. Um, but yeah, absolutely. We need more uh, stories told, but we need, I guess, uh, more substance to those stories now. And uh, we'd really love to train and empower those who are telling their stories um, to tell it in the way that there's, there's, there's some, I guess, key takeaways and some useful things for people listening to it. Yeah, and that's um that's something we're going to be dissecting a little bit later. Just just intro myself talking about the the everyday people project that we're going to be developing and how we can turn those personal narratives into like you were saying, Tony, um, actionable, tangible things that mm. people can then take away to either better understand or to improve their um, experiences of. Uh, mental health. Tony, I want to thank you so much for uh, dialing in with us today. Before we let you go, though, what's on the horizon for Pacific X and I guess some of the other projects that you're involved with in the community? 
Yeah, absolutely. So uh, Pacific X, we have a, a community barbecue happening on the 19th of March, and that's just a, a get together and uh, an open Talamoa. Um, we've we've got to a point where we've had previous actions and we've ticked off all of our actions that we plan to do over the last three years. And now we want to get together and say, hey, what do you guys want to see? How can we work together? And what sort of things that you you, you think um, Pacific Extra focus on now? So that's an open invitation to anyone. Uh, it will be at the Katani Gardens on March 19 uh, at 1 p.m. And more information is on our social, uh, through our social media, uh, Pacific X. Um, and other things happening, our Pacific Market Melbourne is up and running again at the end of April, which is in um, our idea in the western suburbs of Melbourne. And um, that's really around how do we empower our Pacific Island community in general, starting small businesses and having a space where we can get together and um, be together. Um, so many other different things are happening. in also our, our, our radio show as well on 3CR, Pacific, uh, PX Final. Um and yeah, from there, I am also on Ben TV. I think that's part of Joy FM. Um, every Saturday, or every uh, Saturday, I think it's, it's airing. And I'll be sharing a lot of our stories about our Pacific Island uh, people on there as well. Um, so yeah. You're a very busy person, Tony, doing doing lots of fantastic stuff in, in the community. So we do thank you for jumping on and uh, having this conversation with us about the importance of uh, destigmatizing mental health through the sharing of personal stories. Tony Freden, thank you from Pacific X. Thank you so much for dialing in with us today. And uh, we hope you have a wonderful onward journey. Thank you both. Appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you so much. Stick with us here on Well, Well, Well with Jacinta and Michael. We'll be unpacking the Everyday People Project in just a moment here on Joy and the Community Radio Network. Sexual health, mental health and the overall well-being of our LGBTIQ communities. You're listening to Well, Well, Well. You're here with Jacinta and Michael on Well, Well, Well on Joy 94.9 and the Community Radio Network. And we are continuing the conversation about a project that is happening here at Thorn Harbour Health during this year, during 2023, called Everyday People. And I'm going to ask Michael some questions now. I'm in the interview seat. I feel yeah. very, feel very um, put on the spot. Just put into on it. the spot. Well, hopefully you are across all of the info because Indeed. it is a project that uh, is very close to your heart mm. and something that you've already done a lot of work on, but I'm sure there is a lot of work still to happen. Um, tell us about your role and the communities that you support here at Thorn Harbour Health. Yeah, so my um, I've been with Thorn Harbour now for nearly seven years. Um, prior to um, the reshuffle that our, our individual projects kind of undertook um, a little while ago, I was primarily focused on supporting our kink and fetish communities, which very near and dear to my heart. Uh, but I now have the the honour and the privilege of supporting, as our kind of HIV landscape has changed, the, the needs of our community has changed, and we've really centred a prioritised focus on supporting communities that are affected by HIV the most, and that again, that landscape has changed. Um, and so my project primarily supports uh, technically overseas-born men who have sex with men, but more broadly our diverse multicultural communities. Um, within the LGBTIQ space, uh, but also men who have sex with men communities who don't identify as part of 
the gay, bisexual or queer mm. communities. So that might be um, heterosexually identified men. That might be, you know, men coming out later in life. Um, and there is some intersectionality between those two communities across our multicultural communities that maybe don't identify as part of the community. So we, we throw around terms like hard to reach populations, mm. but incredibly difficult um, communities to connect with when they don't necessarily identify as part of the Thorn Harbour Health brand, I mm. guess. So it's yeah. really about supporting those, those folk through community development and really grassroots kind of underground initiatives that don't have a lot of rainbow sparkle all over them if that makes sense yeah <laughs> less the rainbow sparkle but mm. uh definitely more kind of in-depth and really looking at things from the perspective of those community members yeah um and why are culturally and linguistically diverse people a focus when it comes to sexual health and the hiv response yeah so this this project that we're talking about at the moment everyday people is centered around our experiences of mental health but the the role that i do is primarily focused on sexual health and hiv prevention and that landscape as i said earlier has kind of shifted in the last 10 or 12 years we did a lot of early work for particularly our sexually of interest men's communities that might have been engaging in fisting or in lieu of what we know about biomedical prevention now things like undetectable, equally untransmittable and availability and access to PrEP, people that were engaged with um, alternate prevention practices. So if they weren't using condoms, things like the withdrawal method or strategic positioning, so the HIV positive partner taking the, um, the receptive role as opposed to the mm -hmm. penetrative role or, or whatever it may be. Um, now that the landscape has changed slightly, a lot of our, what I consider my community, so, you know, white cis men who have sex with men who are very seen, very community connected, out at the bars, know a lot of people in community, um, have been at the forefront of adopting things, particularly like PrEP, um, and are highly connected to the messaging that organisations like Thorn Harbour Health produce around effective HIV prevention strategies. And unfortunately, particularly for men who have sex with men that are born overseas, they haven't adopted things like PrEP with the same rapid uptake. So we've seen sort of a divergent epidemic of HIV mm. in Australia where our Australian-born men are having a bit of a decrease in HIV notifications, right. but an increase in notifications amongst primarily overseas-born men who have sex mm -hmm. with men. So really a community that we want to make sure that we're supporting to the best of our ability. Yeah. And is it about particular barriers to access mm. to things like PrEP or to testing? That's or? definitely one of them. Um, obviously, for a lot of people that are born overseas that don't have access to things like Medicare and the public health system in the same way that... Um, citizens or you know people that have access to Medicare do that's definitely a barrier so there are those systemic barriers but then there are also things like language barriers and cultural barriers financial barriers for people who are studying um, and you know putting all of their prioritizing their time and focus into their their study or their occupation uh, and again for those people who maybe don't identify as part of the community there's you know internalized homophobia externalized homophobia that they're responding to so a number of different compounding barriers that can make it difficult for people to opt into a strategy like prep or to access a sexual health test that could be quite prohibitive mm. Mm. yeah absolutely and what is Everyday people, how does that relate to all of this, which is happening? Yeah, everyday there? people is really uh, exciting. We were fortunate enough to receive some funding to produce this particular project. And we really wanted to, uh, the, the purpose of the project primarily is to destigmatize either mental health services or discussing our mental health amongst our community. And we really wanted to make sure that that was supporting our 
uh, multicultural, multi-faith, um, people of color communities. So this is really all about allowing our community a space to speak publicly, to share their own personal story, stories of their own mental health journey or maybe their family's mental health journey to uh, make mental health something that's accessible and that's normalized um, because in diverse cultures, mental health is seen through different lenses and we want to make sure that people feel comfortable to access services that are culturally safe, culturally appropriate um, and to link those people in with resources around mental health and to just share their stories really. Mm. So it's literally just everyday people sharing it's, their personal stories. Yeah, 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 everyday people. We we do a lot of uh, quote unquote everyday people here at Thorn Harbour Health. We quite often have, you know, the people in our front and cent- front and center of our campaigns are quite quite often just members of community that've put their hand up that are like I'm passionate about sexual health I'd love to you know mm. strip down to my jocks and be on a poster and, and that sort of thing this is kind of taking a similar approach less people standing around in their jobs yeah. <laughs> but really about putting our community front and center to make yeah. sure that the, the project is authentic but we're also allowing those people to share their stories yeah and how will people be sharing those stories will it be in front of a camera being filmed or are there other ways that people can share their stories and get involved yeah we wanted to make sure that the project is as accessible as possible and understanding that not everyone has the same uh benefit and privilege of being able to speak to their mental health concerns in a public open manner um, in in the same way that everybody does while we do want to destigmatize it we're also appreciative of people maybe still being you know not out to family or, or whatever it may be so really we'd love for people to get behind the camera but we're also going to be sharing people's stories in an auditory format much like we're doing now here on radio and our podcast so people can remain Uh, somewhat anonymous in that regard we can change their voice or they can use a pseudonym we're also allowing people to share written stories as well so that can be entirely anonymous if people would like to share their own personal story but don't want you know family members to identify that they've shared that story or whatever it may be Um, yeah so just allowing different landscapes for people to share them Mm. share the stories in and also to create kind of a diversity of media that we can then share across social media and on the website in in different capacities yeah and people can share their stories in their language yeah and that was a really important focus of what we wanted to achieve so our we're creating kind of an online hub where all of these resources will be shared but we're allowing people to share their story in their native tongue because it's it's really the most authentic way for a lot of people to get their story heard what we're then going to do is translate those stories into english so that as a kind of primary language people can navigate the website and listen to and hear other people's stories um, either in their own native language or in English as well yeah wonderful Mm. and the everyday people website yeah will that be kind of a resource hub will there just be stories there or are there other resources that are going to be included Mm. in that space to kind of pivot off what Tony was saying earlier in um, the most in the previous segment was that stories are great, but we want to turn those stories and those experiences into tangible outcomes for our community. And for us and this project, that's about using these stories as a way to link people into services that are appropriate for our community, um, whether that's um, suicide prevention, ideation, whether that's around counselling, alcohol and other drug support, maybe it's their mental health concerns are linked into something like family violence. We want to make sure that those people are linked into 
culturally appropriate resources. So there'll be a resource hub, whether people are looking to connect with another service or to connect with us at Thorn Harbour, navigate sexual health education information in their own language, or whether it's just about accessing those stories as a way to destigmatize mental health. So it'll be a little bit of a broad reaching project, but the, the gem in the crown is around the personal narratives being shared. And finally, where can people get involved in the project? Yeah, so they can jump onto the Thorn Harbour website and navigate to our multicultural health page, which is under the services section. Uh, And there'll also be a link in this week's podcast as well. We have a... Uh, a form online which is a very long and complicated jumble of letters that I won't recite here because it will be it will take too long Uh, so that will be linked in our podcast page so if you would like to either share your own story you can jump on there and jump in we also have two other exciting parts of this portfolio for people who don't maybe want to share their own story if you speak another language and you are other than English and are part of our um, queer community you can uh, we are having our resources professionally translated but we'd like to pass them through what we call the kind of the sense test so allow for our community to review the content before it gets published uh, and also to join our advisory group because we do want to make sure that this is a co-design process and is supported by the cultural safety of our community and make sure that it's Uh, guided safely from start to finish of the project. So there's a number of ways to get involved. Uh, And of course, if you've got any questions, you can jump on the website and email multicultural at thornharbour.org to ask any questions or to just uh, have a bit of a gas bag about mental health. Beautiful. Thank you so much for telling us about Everyday People, Michael. It's nice to be on the other side of the microphone just yeah. for just for a wee minute. It's been fantastic. Um, yeah, so all those links and resources will be on our podcast page. Just head to joy.org.au forward slash well, well, well. Well, that brings us to the close of another episode of Well, Well, Well here on Joy 94.9 and the Community Radio Network. Jacinta, it's always a delight and a pleasure to join you here on the airwaves. It is always a pleasure to join mm-hmm. you here on the airwaves, Michael. <laughs> uh, yeah, what a fantastic episode. Like you said, all of those links will be up on the podcast page, which is joy.org.au forward slash well, well, well. And if you have any ideas or suggestions for topics or any feedback about something that we've chatted about on the show, please reach out by emailing us. We are well, well, well at joy.org.au. And... Yeah. We will see you Stay next in week. Touch. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. Bye. Thanks for listening to Well, 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 your show for LGBTIQ health and well-being, presented by Joy sponsor, Thorn Harbour Health. For more on these topics and much more, check out Thorn Harbour on social media at Thorn Harbour or via the website, thornharbour.org. This podcast was produced by Joy Media. You can support Joy's diverse sound and diverse community this June by donating to Joy Radiothon 2024. Go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. And remember, we all flourish with joy. 